iTunes presents Meet the Filmmaker at the Apple Store. Joe, are you ready? Um, yes, I'm all set. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Hello. I love you. Laura, this is my Joanna. Hello. She's the new designer we've had working with us. She's pretty. You never mentioned that. What's that supposed to mean? She's going to Philadelphia with you and Andy tomorrow. There's nothing going on, Joe. I really gotta go. Joanna. Alex, I can't believe this. Do I have time for me later? Yeah. Yeah, sure. You know your timing's nuts. Why? Are you getting a divorce? No. Hey, where are you? Oh, I'm just, um, I'm grabbing a bite. Are you out? We're still with the clients. Would you like another? I'd love another drink. Okay. Just not here. Ah! Alex! Hello. How are you? I had no idea you were seeing someone in New York. Oh, no, we're, we're just, we're just good friends. Have you ever been with someone else since you've been married? No. Why aren't you writing? You mean... Your book, Joanna. What happened? I think of Joanna. Remind me why it didn't work. Geography and timing. You came after. So you were with him because he came first? He did. And I love him. And I love you too. Are you happy? With what? With your marriage. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this evening's guest moderator, Miriam Bale, freelance film critic and programmer, and tonight's guests, Ava Mendez and Massey Tajadeen. We're here with the director of Last Night, Massey, and the star who in a typical infidelity drama would be the other woman. And in this film, that's really not the case. Instead of being the other woman who's like tempting this perfect marriage, it ends up being that Ava's character is the most vulnerable and ends up both the characters who are the temptations end up single still and kind of alone. And I want to ask you, Massey, did you go into this wanting to do sort of a typical infidelity drama, but with a new angle, a new, what were, what were your intentions? What did you want to see that you hadn't seen? Um, well, I don't think I really thought about approaching the film as an infidelity drama. I went to write, and this was the story that sort of came out. And I think part of the honest depiction of these events is hopefully how they happen in increments and how these things are not all premeditated and they're not as stereotypical. Um, for example, with Ava's character, Laura, the other woman is not often a temptress. In many ways, she is the most vulnerable of the four. Um, and all of these people are very fallible and they are put in these situations that 
become compromising without them necessarily knowing that they have already become compromising. Once they have, have already become compromising situations, it's too late. They're too far into them. Um, but we did want to really resist for Laura, the other woman. In a weird way, I think she might be the character that I was always the most protective of because I felt when I was writing her that there was a real moral clarity in her character that I didn't feel the other three necessarily had. She's, in my opinion, the least hypocritical of all of the characters. And she has the approach that she has, I think, largely because she doesn't believe in the alignments and the relationships and the constructs that the other three sort of do have for themselves. She, her past has sort of led her to cease moments when she can and to steal memories and events from life when she can. So that made her feel like a very different kind of of woman um, rather than the stereotypical seductress. And Eva, what attracted you, what attracted you about to this role? Um, I loved the script and then I, I wanted to meet the director and I had no idea that this was going to be the writer-director because she's this, such a beautiful, warm, loving soul and she's so incredibly smart and, and I just didn't expect it. I just thought, oh wow, hi. And so we sat down for what should have been a regular you know, one hour meeting and I think it turned into four hours and we were both on the same page about so many things, one of them being that um, we really wanted to, and I will take credit in creating this word, desexify the character yeah. of Laura. Um, you know, to make her a real person and to not make, uh, not make it, you know, obvious. Um, and uh, as far as her sexuality, not make it obvious. And it just, it really helped. The little things that we did, very minimal makeup, at times no makeup, and easy hair, nothing like I have today, you know, really just kind of, um, just simple. And she's, uh, you know, and even when we went with her corporate kind of business attire, we had to be very careful because I'd try on pencil skirts and stuff. And then I ended up looking like I needed to be on an episode of Mad Men, which is really cool, but we didn't want that for the character. So we had to like rethink the whole, and we didn't want to come off as sexy secretary. So there was actually a lot of thought with hair, makeup, wardrobe. I mean, as there always is, but for this one specifically to play against type. Um, and I think what's really cool is, um, you know, it's a, real, it's a real person in there, so, uh, yeah. You bring a lot, I mean, you bring a lot of vulnerability and honesty to the character and not a lot of screen time and a lot of that, you have some great looks, like the look you give him when he first takes off his clothes and like, the, right. there's some beautiful looks. Did you, I heard you back there being so self-depreciating about yourself in the movie. And I think, what did I say? I don't know. I just think that you were not giving yourself credit for how good you are in some of these moments. Do you have any moment that you're especially? I think I'm really good. good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm no, just kidding. No, it's just always hard to watch yourself as, as an actor because, of course, you always. I always want better, more. You know, um, I'm sure when I walk away from this Q and A today, I'll be like, oh, I could have answered that better, and I'll be trying to look for one of you and being like, you know, wait, I really meant this or that. So no, it's just the natural, I think, reaction of a. Of an actor, you know, you want everything better. No, of course. I mean, I just mean that to, to preface, like, I'd like to ask if you have any moments that you're particularly proud about. And I know, you know, like, feel free, like, you, to, to don't um, hold back. You know, I'm just proud to be a part of a great movie in this day and age. I think it's so hard to make great films. And um, I'm, I'm happy, although I love a big comic book movie or a big blow em up movie, but I'm happy that this, is, this film's about real life people, you know, real characters and that there's, you know, no special effects. And again, I'm not anti-special effects, but it's just refreshing to sit down and watch and connect to a real 
to real adult drama. And when I say adult drama, I don't, that sounds a little boring. And this film is anything but because it's very complex and very <clears throat> sexual. Um, so uh, yeah, that's what it's exciting for me to see it all in its entirety and just be like, awesome, I'm a part of something really great. It's very nuanced, your performance and the rest of it. It's a lot of, like I said, a lot of looks, a lot of body language. And that's kind of surprising, Massey, because you're coming from, a, you're a writer. Before, this is your first time directing, and you have a background writing. So it's almost surprising that you would be so body language oriented and less script. Was that something that you found as on set as you were going? Yeah. Um. Yes, I think when you're writing, you're not you're, you're thinking of the intentions of all of the characters and what they're doing, and how they're getting to where they're going to go inch by inch. But it was a conscious decision very early on to shoot the film in wide screen, um, a lot of a lot of a lot of wide shots, just so that we could allow the actors to really inhabit the space because. Oftentimes, especially now, we get too close too fast. So in a film like this that relies on the tension and the uncertainty and the nerves and the hesitation on the parts of the characters, I thought it was really important to see them hesitate as they move through spaces, to see them awkwardly adjust their posture, to see them act with their hands, to see them deflect certain questions with their bodies. And I feel like that was something that you know, you can do a lot more easily when you have really talented actors and you just go a little wider and let them you know, the burden of that expression fall on them once I had finished my job on the, on the page. And a lot of that was discovered, I would say, like during rehearsals, which was great because also it's just when you rehearse, you spend time in the spaces, in their skins, getting to know the levels of familiarity between these characters. Ava's character, Laura, works with um, Sam's character, Michael, and we had talked in rehearsals about what their work days were like. Do they have lunch together? Does this, you know, are they, what kinds of, col what kind of colleagues are they? Do they sit together when they're commuting on the train? Do they ever text each other? Do they email outside of work? Like These are the questions that I feel like lead to that, to the physicality of how they interact with each other. Um, like, you know, when they get off the train station and she stands a little bit more reserved and takes refuge in her suitcase, I think that's a sign to us that she's not yet as comfortable with him as we may think she is. So all those little things, it's you just grades. You picked up on that? <laughs> <laughs> it's just grades of, you know, th these things, especially with a film like this, like the, hu the hardest things, I think, are when you actually have real people or people who are playing real people sitting in rooms and talking to each other because you don't have the benefit of a big event or a larger occurrence to kind of tuck the reality behind. You're in it and it needs to feel real. And I just, in my experience, that only happens in, in grades of, you know, shading all throughout the process. Um, you have a really international cast. You have an English actress, an Australian, a French, and, and, um, and Ava, you're Cuban-American, right? But you're the only American in the film. There's everyone else right. is like <laughs> other nationalities. I'm like, um, just nice to, I'm, I'm sure. And um, uh, was that intentional, Massey? Did you want that to be, or did that just sort of happen? Um, I cast the best actors for each of the roles, and um, I cast based on the chemistry I anticipated would exist between them. And it really didn't occur to me that we had an international cast until we had an international cast. Um, but it felt organic to me because, I mean, this is New York. Walk out onto Prince Street right now and you don't see Americans speaking with American accents. Um, and that was another thing that I remember when it came up, and especially with the casting of Guillaume, the question of whether or not he would be able to do an American accent, which I just 
was taken aback by because I thought, well, why would he do an American accent? Um, French people come to America and they speak like French people. So they don't need to necessarily have an American accent in the film. So it just sort of happened organically, which is great. Maybe it means that we're getting to a point where we really are blind to these you know, differences when we're casting. I just went for quality. Well, it's an unintentional effect of it, though, is that it brings up these questions of like relative values because this is a great, a great movie for asking. Instead of talking at you and giving you morals, it's asking you a lot of questions. And one of the big questions is about whether a, an emotional betrayal is worth or, or a physical betrayal and what are all these layers of okay or not okay. So having this international cast brings a lot, a lot of questions of like, you know, it depends yeah. for a lot of different people. Is that something that came up in the cast or as the writing? Is these, this, that question of, I mean, what, what's great about it is you don't resolve it. I mean, is this something yeah. that you, do you have an answer? Well, in the writing of it, I certainly wasn't thinking, I want to examine the difference between emotional infidelity and physical infidelity, because that to me seems like a snooze. Um, it just wasn't interesting. But what was really interesting was when we were looking for financing, the, that differentiation began to come about until we went to France to find financing there. <laughs> And there they described the script as a wonderful love story, to which I thought, okay, this is a great fit for us. But then I remember, and you remember this, once we started filming, we quickly realized on set that there was implicitly some sort of judgment or, or some sort of, it was asking for some sort of judgment, not consciously, but we saw that because among the crew, there were really harsh judgments about which spouse was you know, inflicting more damage on this marriage. And it wasn't divided between male and females, I would say. It was divided much more based on personal experience. Um, but I, I, I think, yeah, I don't, the film doesn't want to resolve it because I just don't think, first of all, who cares? Like, why, why would you care which is worse? Both are, there's a cost associated with both kinds of transgressions. So I feel like, why would you care to, to sort of punish one side over the other? Um, but I think emotional infidelity... So you're saying both are okay? I'm saying both are fine. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm saying both are, you know, they're just part of reality. And I, I think emotional infidelity, something interesting that I was thinking about the other day, is I feel like people are often involved in emotional infidelity, and I'm not certain that they are even equipped to recognize what that is in many cases because the relationship remains platonic, because a certain line that we all know hasn't been crossed. I wonder if you even know or consider some of that behavior being unfaithful. I don't know. I still don't know when we made the movie. I mean, we're never going to solve this. Any thoughts, Ava? Yeah, I think that was well said. Um, <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with her. Uh, but yeah, I just think... With, uh, with the, it's, it's not a black and white area. It's a gray area. And I think to make such a broad like judgment about that's wrong or that's worse than this or he was worse than she was or vice versa is too much. You really need to know the circumstance and you really need to kind of, um, I don't know. It's just so gray. And I think that's one of the beauties of relationships and also one of the, you know, that's also what makes it just so... Uh, insane because I don't think anybody here has got relationships figured out. If somebody does, can you please? You've got to figure it out? Oh, because I was like, you need to talk to me. <laughs> you need to be up here. <laughs> you know, I think it's something we all grapple with, whether it's yeah. our parents in their relationship, uh, whatever, you know. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's the. And it's constantly evolving, too. Even if you're in a long relationship, it's like, how do you sustain that? And 
Woo, it's a lot. Yeah. Oh. So do you think it'd be a good date movie? I think it's a great first date movie. I've I agree always with said this because first of all, it's great like it'll get great conversation going. It's so thought provoking. And then you kinda know what you're dealing with a little bit. If the guy's like, you know, not a big deal. You might not wanna, you know, if he doesn't think there's really not much to talk about there, you might not want to give him a second chance or certainly aren't go home with them that night. Um, so I think it's a great test. Not to, no, not test. That's bad. Uh. No, it's okay. It's no, somebody test. told me the other day that I test, like I do little tests all the time, so I'm trying not to do that it's anymore. A great, it's a great um, barometer. It's a great barometer. There we go. That's gentler. I like that better. Gentler. That's more gentle. Um, and then, uh, um, uh, you know, if I want to ask you, there, your performance was so... Like so, really natural and, like I said, vulnerable. And it reminded me of another Ava, Ava Gardner. Uh, sometimes. What? Yeah, totally. You're smoking stuff back there. <laughs> I don't know. No. I don't even know. Yeah. Thank you, but yeah. Is that? I mean, I it really reminded me of her. And I wonder, you're, um, you're someone who, um, uh, of all actresses I know, I feel like you represent a little bit more of that gold that kind of era those actresses is that something you've do you do you do you look towards that those actresses as role models um, like like Ava Gardner's era yeah you know what's funny about Ava Gardner is I'm a huge fan but I thought she was incredibly underused I mean it's amazing <laughs> the talent the amount of talent but I think that oh there was so much more there um same thing with Marilyn Monroe you know I think that Oh, she had so much, and she was a great comedian and everything. So certainly, I you know I I do uh, I watch a lot of old films just because it's fun and it's part of what I do, um, and I'm a cinephile. Uh, but like you know, uh, I don't you know I don't think I have a particular like like I'm not. Yeah, I love old actresses, you know, of that time. But I also love like I'm a huge Faye Dunaway fan. Oh my God! So I'm really like that's kind of my main. You know, your main model. Un- no, you're un- right un- about them being underused. Maybe if they had more women directors, they absolutely <laughs> bring them out because there's some great moments. I think we're gonna um, turn the questions over to the audience. So, is there a question? We, we have, have a microphone. Right we'll come to you. Just raise your hand right here, front row. Yeah, hi. How you doing? My question is for Ava. What was the thing that drove you more into the be like being part of the film when you read the script, or was it because of crew, like the cast? Yeah, it was actually um, both, really, because it was, you know, I really wanted to work with Keira Knightley. I think that she's so talented. And what did you say she's fine? Yeah, she is. <laughs> yeah, and she's fun. Yes, she is very hot. Um, <laughs> oh, cute. Cute or creepy? I'm not sure, but I think it's cute. <laughs> no, I was just kidding. Um, no, I think she's such a talented actress and um, just, you know, our best young actress right right now, for sure. I just think she makes amazing choices as well. So you have that, you, you, you know, a great script, a really, you know, interesting role you can kind of turn on its head a little bit and play against type with. And then you have this delicious little thing that is just, I mean... An unbelievable, I know I'm going to stop, but she's an unbelievable director, an incredible writer. Um, so all of it just aligned, and I was like, I would be a total idiot if I didn't do this. Yeah. And I pled. So. I pled. <laughs> I, I, I pled the cause. Second row. Front. Hi, Eva. Uh, my name is Michael Chia. Hi, Michael. Where and are you? Uh, Wait. Oh, hi, Michael. You're right here. <laughs> okay. I thought you were uh, all the way over there. Okay. First of all, um, I love you. I love your work. Thank you. You're amazing. And um, 
And also, um, I brought a gift for you, if you can. And because oh. uh, you're so sweet, I love your work. Thank you. Uh, my question to you is this: um, Can you tell us a little bit of how you got started into this business, and what are some of the challenges as an actor when you started? What are some of the challenges you faced and how you overcame them? Um, well, I started this business really late um, in like the business term. You know, usually people that start this business start, you know, pretty young or at least in their teens. But I started when I was 23. I was actually going to college. I grew up in Los Angeles and I was going to a college. And I was really lost. I didn't know what to do. And um, I guess I kind of fell into the right hands. My my neighbor was a photographer and he had always been like, oh, I'd love to take photos of you. And I was like, ah, whatever. And then one day I was just pretty frustrated and I was like, ding, ding, ding. hey, let's take like, yeah, I'll take some photos with you. So we were outside and we had this really cheesy photo shoot um, just by a tree, like, oh, you know, like just so not great in any way. But he got this like headshot picture of me that I hated till this day I hated, but he put it in his portfolio and he shopped it around. I guess his portfolio was being shopped around back in the day when you had to lug a huge portfolio. Um, and there was this, these two managers who were like, who's that girl? And then he was like, oh, she's my neighbor. And they're like, what's her deal? And he's like, she just goes to school. But, you know, and they wanted to meet me. So it kind of happened like that. Um, and then I thought, well, great. I'm on summer break. I'll go out on all these auditions. I'll make a ton of money and go back to school in the fall. I went out on every, I mean, I think I was going on like six auditions a day, driving from like, I mean, just, just hustling, hustling, hustling. Because I, you know, had my headshots. I was like, I could do this. Mostly commercial auditions um, uh, because I had no training as an actress. And I didn't book anything. And it's the end of summer. It's like three months of being killed and grilled because I'm just not enough this, not enough that, not enough this. So then at the end, towards the end of summer, my managers were like, we want to send you out for a movie because they say your look isn't bankable for commercials. So let's try to see what they... Let's, let's just send you out for this little film. Um, and the little film was Children of the Corn 5. And um, it was awesome. And I, I ended up getting it. Um, and I realized, I mean, my love was born in the cornfields. I'm just kidding. That was so bad. I had to do it though. Um, no, but my love of acting was kind of, it just kind of happened on that film because I thought, oh, I could do that. I had a really cocky attitude. Things kind of came naturally to me. And I was like, I could do this, whatever. What, where, where are my lines? All right, I got this. And of course I was horrible. And needless to say, you know, the material, you know, wasn't Citizen Kane. So the material wasn't great, but still I could have, I, I was horrible. I was really bad. And I decided then to quit college not that I'm recommending that to any kids that are here please don't quit college and you're not gonna oh gosh but anyway um uh, I quit college and I found an acting coach who I still work with till this day Ivana Chubbuck and I still go to class in fact I'm putting up a play next week when I go back to class um and that's how I started and then I just worked my ass off I mean, I worked my ass off, and I still do. And that is part of the joy for me, though, is the struggle. The struggle is the joy. Because, um, you know, especially being a woman in this industry, I'm sorry, it's just difficult. Um, being an ethnic woman, whew, it's just more difficult. And that's just the truth. And I'm not trying to play the you know, sex card or the race card. But it's just you have extra hurdles to jump. But, um, but it's been great. It's been awesome because I'm part of the change, you know. I, Ten years ago, I was told that my look was not bankable and commercial, you know. 
And that's just, and I only say that to inspire because I've just been part of this change, you know, and it's been pretty awesome. So. Next question. In oh, the thank you. Next question in the front row, way over on your right in the very front. Hi. Hi, Mark. Um, hi, Mark. Hi. You touched on it a little bit, but I find it very interesting to, to know who your influences are, both as a director and as an actress. Um, my influences as a director are very varied. For this film in particular, um, I watched a lot of Bergman, Ingmar Bergman, who's a big favorite of mine. Um, Oh, nice. Uh, and then um, I watched David Lean's Brief Encounter. I've watched that film a dozen times before. Um, Jules and Jim, I'm a big fan of, of Truffaut's work. I think um, Steven Soderbergh's Sex, Lies, and Videotape was something that was very prominent. Woody Allen, um, Husbands and Wives, I, I've pilfered from that or tried to. Carnal Knowledge. Um, Mike Nichols, also Heartburn, was a film I kept revisiting. Um, God, I steal from so many sources. I feel at a loss. To, uh, Jean-Luc Godard for the editing. A lot of you know those innovative French cinema styles for editing. Um, Antonioni for the look and a lot of the wardrobe. There's so many. I, I feel like I should I should write a, a like a big list of thank you to all the following from whom I stole, <laughs> and then list um, about like 50 of them. Question in the far rear. We actually have time for just two more questions, so there's number one in the back. Question in the far rear, right here. Uh, hi, good afternoon. In the back, over here. Okay. Oh, you're uh, so cute. I see you now. Hi. Okay, hi. Okay, from pre-pro, pro to post, how long did everything take? And also, what advice would you give for student filmmakers like me? Um, from pre-production through production, it took about, I would say, like, eight months, but to get to pre-production, it took about two years after I wrote the script. And after we finished the film, it took about a year and a half, um, at least for us to get here to the point where you got. So the only advice I can tell you is take all of the time where you're waiting and getting rejected and work on your craft and enjoy your craft and take what joy you can from the process of, of bettering your craft. And that is the only thing that you will be in control of in all of this madness. So embrace it. That's the reason why you're doing it. Hold it very firmly between your teeth and take what solace you can from that because the rest, who, who knows? Okay, last question right over here. Far on your left in the front oh, right sorry, here. Sorry. Yeah. Hello. Hi, my name is Jasenia Vargas and I had a question for Eva. Um, I want to know... Um, how did you struggle against the whole casting against, you know, with your type? Because I, as an actress, I always get also the Spanish girl or the, the hood girl, the chica, and I always get the Spanish. Then I'm like, okay, I can do the things. I know, I know, <laughs> so how I know. Is that, how is that in your, you know, your career? How did you struggle okay, with that? Okay, so you ready to fight to the death? You have to fight to the death to be seen in things that aren't, typically that that things that they the casting directors director studios what they don't what they wouldn't normally see you as you have to fight to be seen i mean there's times today where i fight just to read for a director just to have an audition because it's something different um you know for me so it's just about exactly what she said work on your craft while you're not working go to class i just did last month i did um, in my workshop, in my acting workshop, I did a play from Moliere, Moliere's Tartuffe. Like, this is classical, like, this is classic stuff, right? And I did that because, honestly, 
nobody's thinking of me for Moliere. You know, when they think Moliere, they don't think Mendez, you know? Um, so you just gotta fight against type the whole time. You really do. You have to work on your craft. And um, and you gotta, you know what? I have the most amazing team of agent, you know, agents and managers, but still, you gotta keep on them. I mean, you know, I, I, I read something or, and, and I, you know, I'll send them emails four, four in the morning if I'm up going, huh, why wasn't I seen for this? Ava, because it takes place in the 1800s in England. So there was no brown people in the 1800s in England? Why is that? You just got to question, question, question. I'll give you a little example. I went out for this role that I fought to audition for, and I did not get. But they told me they didn't want to see me for it because the girl, I'm not the type because the girl is from Omaha, Nebraska. So I thought, huh. I went, on the, I went to my computer, looked up through the Census Bureau, Omaha, Nebraska. 18% around a Latino population there because of all the farmers. So I was like, yay, I have this new information. Call them back, or you know, had my agents call them, be like, can you please pass on a message? Um, you know, and then you just gotta bug them to death. You gotta bug them, you gotta keep bothering them until you, you're seen and heard. And, um, and yeah, and work on your craft because if you don't and you get in the room and you don't deliver, then, then you're screwed. <laughs> But let's give yeah. it for the change. We've got three brown girls up here, critic Yay. and director. And yes, actors. exactly. How about that? Exactly. How about that? That's nice. That's nice, actually. How about that? That's really cool. That's really cool. Any more questions? Is that our last question? Okay, well, thank you all for joining us and enjoy Thanks, the rest guys. of Tribeca. Thank you.